Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 342 and we're talking about why use public transport when travelling. We are still in a small village near Stowmarket in the UK and still enjoying it. We're uh, kicking back with the dogs and uh, planning short trips here and there and everywhere. Yeah, I'm particularly enjoying hanging out with the tortoises. We have three tortoises and two of them are quite relaxed and just quite, you know, chilled. And one of them is mad. He's just got so much energy. He charges around the vivarium. And then if we put him outside, he, he runs around. He's pretty fast as well. Yeah, he's the hyperactive toddler of the bunch, isn't he? <laughs> you don't expect that with, with tortoises. It's hilarious. Maybe he's learned something from uh, from the dogs. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just so funny because the other two are just so relaxed and quiet. And this one's charging around the enclosure, climbing all over the other tortoises. The other tortoises don't look particularly happy about that. So sometimes I give this one, who's called Petal, which is a very masculine name, I'm, I'm sure. And I give him a bit of time out out in the garden by himself. <laughs> so Linda's just got back from France. And uh, how's the trip? It was awesome. But let's talk about it next week. Yeah, okay, then we'll pick that up very soon. I'm looking forward to drinking all the champagne you brought me. You did bring me some, eh? You haven't given me any yet. Must be in my luggage. Ah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get you to unpack that afterwards then. <laughs> well, today's show is sponsored by 23andMe.com. 23andMe.com is a genetic service that provides you with DNA reports about where your DNA comes from around the world. So you can explore what percentage of your DNA is from places like Italy, Finland, East Asia, or Africa. And now through August 3, 2017, you could win a genetic adventure as 23andMe.com will choose one person each day for 23 days to travel to countries based on their DNA. That is so cool. I would love to be one of those people to win a trip and travel to locations around the world based on my ancestry. We so cool. Well, order your DNA kit for a chance to win a trip to explore your connection to the world and travel like never before. To enter, visit 23andme.com. That's the number 23andme.com. No purchase is necessary. It's only open to legal US residents who are 18 or older. Ends August the 3rd, 2017, and you must complete the 23andMe service. Visit 23andMe.com slash rules for free entry. Now today we're not talking about places where you might have come from. We're talking about how to get there. We're talking about transport. Yeah, particularly we're talking about how to get around. So quite often we find that we book our trip, we book our flight somewhere, we book a hotel, and then we don't necessarily think about how we're going to get around the city. We tend to do a lot of walking, and that's great, but sometimes you'll need to use forms of transport to get around. Yeah, so one of the basics of travel is knowing how to get to your destination and how to get around once you're there. Now, we love walking, and walking is a great option if you're going to be based in the center near all the attractions, but chances are you'll need to go further afield at some point. Now, you have a few different options at this point. You can go by taxi, you can hop on a tour, or you can go by public transport. Now, all of these are good options. And, I mean, certainly we've been using more taxis recently, especially here in Stowmarket, because there is public transport here. There's bus. It runs twice a week. I think it's Mondays and Thursdays. So if we want to go into Stowmarket, we can catch the bus. It's fine. We can leave at 10.30 and come back at 12.30. 
it's not the most useful. No, so, especially because it's only a minibus. And if it gets filled up before it gets to us, it'll just drive past. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> public transport isn't going to be the perfect solution. So you will need to find other solutions as well. But we really love traveling by public transport. There's just something about it. So we're going to talk about why it's so great in this episode. Yeah, buses, trains, trams, monorails, collectivos, ferries. Don't worry, we're not going to go through a how-to for absolutely (laughs) everything. What we love to do is tell some of our favorite stories from across the years, as well as give a couple of reasons why I think you should really give public transport a chance on your next trip. So first of all, I'm going to tell you a quick story about why I love public transport so much. I remember when we first started traveling, it was 2006, and we were in Malta. Now, we were living in Malta, and it was a bit hard. We didn't have much money, and we kind of saved up every week to go out for for breakfast on a Sunday. It was like our big treat. Remember that? I do, yeah. It was like one pound fifty. It was one pound, one Maltese pound. One Maltese pound for the big breakfast, and we could just scrub that out out of the budget every week. Yeah, so it was pretty bad. Public transport was pretty cheap. And we'd managed to join the local library. This was a bit of a challenge in itself because as foreigners, we couldn't just join. We had to be kind of sponsored by someone. But luckily, our boss was nice enough to sponsor us. And so once a week or every two weeks, I'd catch the bus into Valletta, the the capital city, and uh, and go to the library. And I remember I was sitting on this bus, and it was this old kind of 1960s-style bus as it wound around the bays and coves of Malta, looking out of the beautiful blue sea and the boats that are so brightly painted with their little eyes painted on them. And I just felt this great sense of contentment. Now, I was on a bus on the way to the library. I don't think you can think of anything more boring. But I was on a bus on the way to the library in Malta, and it was just so cool. It was this great sense of joy to be where I was. And maybe public transport didn't have much to do with it, but I was on a bus at the time, so I kind of associate that feeling with with public transport. Yeah, so many great experiences. eh? I remember when we were on our way to Malta, we stopped off in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. and we went from Hong Kong down to Macau for the day. Uh And to go from Hong Kong to Macau, you get on a hovercraft. It was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And I was just like, that is not something I've seen outside of a YouTube video before. (laughs) It's it's everyday public transport, but for some reason it felt like something out of a, a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first meet your hero and they enter the special world. <laughs> I remember that going on. I was like, I'm going on a hover. I'm, I'm getting my passport stamped. I'm going on a hovercraft. And it felt like, you know, entering the special world of the hero's journey. Uh, it was something so so everyday, but so different. It was, yeah. it was transformative. That was my Star Wars cantina scene. I definitely think that traveling by public transport gives you a chance to get deeper into the location because you're living life like locals live it. And so often there are great experiences to be had. So let's talk, what's one reason why public transport is great? Well, the obvious reason is that it tends to be cheaper. Yeah, this was super important in Malta, but every money we can save on uh, basics like transport, we can put into cool experiences like drinking beer. So most of the time, traveling by public transport is going to be cheaper than going by taxi or an organized tour, and normally quite a lot cheaper. Mm. So as long as you're not trading too much time or safety for that exchange, I think it's a great way to go. 
yeah, you'll need to find out how to pay for your ticket beforehand because sometimes you have to pay the driver or maybe you have to buy a ticket beforehand. I remember when we were in Ljubljana, you had to have a, a card to get on the bus, but there was nowhere to buy it and we were way out in the suburbs. So we walked for ages to buy these tickets and later the guy, our car serving host, said, oh, you could have just hopped on the bus. They usually just let you on. But, <laughs> so it's really good to ask around to find out what you have to do. Uh, that reminds me of the the pub up in the village here. They've they've just uh, opened the pub and they're they're having a go of it to see if they can make it work. And so they haven't done the outlay to get a, a card machine yet. So everyone has to pay in cash. But every time we're up there, every single time, there's someone that only has cards, which is perfectly normal in everywhere except for this small village. And the owners just go, oh, don't worry about it. Next time you drive through, just pay us then. <laughs> I'm like going, this is why the pub went out of business a couple of months ago and why these guys are having to reopen it. it yeah. It's hilarious. But yeah, that that reminds me of that so much. It's like, yeah, don't worry. If, if the system's not working, you just use it anyway. It's lovely, but it's not a way to make a business work. So yeah, um, public transport cheaper. It can sometimes even be faster depending on, on where you are, where you're going. Because sometimes public transport can go on routes that regular traffic can't. So in Auckland, for example, they have special bus lanes. And so if you're traveling at rush hour and you hop on the bus, it will take you straight to where you're going and won't get caught up in the traffic where all the cars are. So yeah, depending on how you're traveling, it can be faster. With a lot of public transport, I think you see more as well. And Mm. I'm thinking like if you're my height and in a taxi, normally you can't see a lot mm-hmm. you i'm looking down at the road or the pavement or you know just the bottom of buildings but if i'm in a bus i'm i'm up i'm elevated and i'm looking at the stuff around and that makes a huge difference in the amount that you see yeah i also find that if i'm in a taxi i kind of switch off like the driver knows where we're going he's taking me where we need to go or maybe i'm looking at my map to make sure he's not taking us in a huge circle. But I'm not necessarily paying attention to my surroundings. Whereas if I'm on a bus, I'm paying attention to what I can see. I'm thinking about what stop this is. So I'm kind of comparing my map with, okay, we're at this stop now, so we need to get off on the next one, that kind of thing. Yeah, so you're more uh, actively engaged with the environment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Now, of course, if a city has an underground metro system, you won't see much of your surroundings during the journey. (laughs) Uh, You'll see a lot of dark tunnels, which are pretty much the same everywhere. But I think it's pretty cool because a lot of the um, metro stations are really beautifully decorated. And so when you arrive, you kind of get to see a bit of that. And also you have to find your way to and away from the stations, which means once again, you'll be paying attention to your surroundings. Now, the London tube system has some pretty cool stations in it. I have to say it's, it's probably the, the metro or the, the tube system that we know best anywhere in the world. And there are some truly fantastic ones. Yeah, I really love Baker Street, which is decorated with like busts of Sherlock Holmes and things like that. It's really cool. I'd really love to explore all of the tube. I read about some people who try to visit every single London tube station in one day and Wow. It's it's pretty hard, and I think their last attempt failed because some more stations have opened, and it's also hard because there are always some that are closed. And, you know, but can you imagine? That's a lot. It's a lot. It's hundreds of stations. The most memorable metro station I've been in, though, is the uh, one of the ones in Kiev in Ukraine. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's one of the main ones. And what amazed me wasn't, you know, it's pretty standard. You'd 
jump in, get on the train, jump out again. And as we started to go up, we just had to keep going up and up and up. There were escalators, an escalator. I couldn't see the end of it. It was so far away. I couldn't see where it finished. And we got to the top. And there was just a couple of meters to walk across, and then another one that was almost <laughs> as long. It was huge. And I read afterwards it was 105 meters underground. That's amazing. It was, it was crazy. We spent almost as long going up on the escalators <laughs> as we did go, you know, going on the journey. And I, I just can't imagine what would happen if that escalator broke down. Can you imagine climbing up? hundreds and hundreds of stairs. Well, when we were in the tube in London a couple of weeks ago, we were going down on the escalator and quite often they have three escalators. So they might have two going down and one going up. In this case, I think there was just one going down and one going up and some steps in the middle or maybe the escalator in the middle wasn't working. And this young girl, she must have been about eight or nine, had decided to walk up the steps in the middle and her mum was following her. And the mum was seriously complaining. She's like, whose idea was this? <laughs> and I was thinking, would it have been sensible for her to go up on the escalator while, and make her daughter walk up the steps at the same pace? That would have been a, a wonderful solution. Yeah, yeah. Just make it a race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Berlin Underground, I know we mentioned this maybe a month or so ago on the podcast, but uh, it was fascinating touring around that as well. Yeah, yeah. So full of history. I think that's something that's really interesting. These These metro systems are like historical in themselves, right? You don't get much history in a taxi, well, maybe from the taxi driver. But yeah, just going through all these different metro stations can be really, really interesting. One of our favorite ways to get around in Europe has been with the, the city to city and the international trains. And we've done a few trips using Eurail passes, which are these passes you buy and they give you a certain amount of days to travel in uh, within a set period. And they've just been fantastic for us. And our first time in Europe, you know, we talked about Malta. This is a real historical episode, isn't it? <laughs> we we started in Malta, went up to Italy for a little while, and then we kicked off a Eurail trip that took us, you know, right throughout Europe. And one of the things I remember is we were really unsure about which trains were included in the pass and which trains weren't. And so we were in Switzerland and we were going through this beautiful countryside on a double-decker train. And this was something new for me as well. I thought mm. this was pretty cool. So if we go sit up top, you get amazing views. Looking out over the countryside, and we started getting up into the mountains, and it was stunning. And so I thought, well, let's change trains, and let's jump on this train, which is kind of a scenic one, up the mountain, and we'll end up where we want to go. We'll just be a bit further along and it'll just take a little bit longer. And in fact, we'd ask for advice. We'd gone up to a counter and we'd said, look, we want to get from here to here and we know we can go around this way, but is it possible to go this way? And they said, yeah, yeah this is the trains you need to take. Go like this. And we'd mentioned we had a URL pass, but uh, that didn't seem to factor in. So yeah, we we did the the change and everything was going swimmingly. And as we were, were going up and up on this very steep kind of alpine train, and the the snow was falling, and it was it was stunning. It was everything that you'd want, except for the cold. I'm not a fan of that, <laughs> but it was absolutely beautiful. And as we got up towards the top, uh, Linda started to to freak out a little bit, going, "I don't think this is included. 
I don't think this is included. I think this is one of the trains that are specifically outlined in our booklet that it's not included in our pass. And it's Switzerland, and trains in Switzerland are very expensive. Yeah, so we ended up jumping off at the top, and as we transferred onto the next bit of the line, we uh, we went in and just bought ourselves a little ticket. A little ticket. <laughs> they were 80 it was, euros each. It was a very little ticket, but a very expensive one to get down the other side. Yeah, I guess the thing here is you see more with public transport and you get more uh, more micro-adventures yeah, as well. that's right. Yeah, I'd say that travelling by public transport is an experience in itself. Last week we talked about living in La Coruña, right? I had an adventure trying to get a bus card. So you could just pay in cash. So if you're just visiting Coruña for a day, like we suggested you do last week, you can just get on the bus and pay, fine. But if you have a bus card, I think you get 50% off. So we thought, let's get a bus card because it can be shared between different people. So I went down to the local town hall and uh, I had my forms and they said, okay, so you want to get a bus card. First of all, you need to register as a resident. Now we'd already done that. That had taken about half a day. And they said, okay, great. So you've got your forms filled in. Good. What you need to do is go and pay for it at the bank around the corner. So I left the town hall, walked across the square, went down a little street, went into the bank, took a number, waited, paid got a stamped receipt, went back to the town hall, took a number, waited, and then they processed my request. So this was already an adventure. And I was planning on using my card that afternoon because I think we were going out to the airport to get Craig's parents from the airport or something like that. And they said, okay, that'll be processed tomorrow. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was it was an adventure in Spanish bureaucracy. But eventually I got my card and uh, asked my friend to top it up because you could only top it up in the bank. And of course, by this time it was a Saturday but luckily you could do it with an ATM if you were a member of that bank, which I wasn't. So yeah, fun times. <laughs> <laughs> I remember another time in Spain, in Jerez, we went out to one of the ranches. And in the south of Spain, they have these kind of famous dancing horses. And they have mm. a very strong kind of tradition of of working with horses and, and raising them. And they're absolutely stunningly beautiful, but they're they're not in town you know they're not near town and we didn't want to hire a car for a day just to drive out and back so we ended up ordering a taxi to take us out there and we thought that's cool we're not in any rush through the afternoon we'll just use some of the local transport to get back but by the time we finished up and went out to the car park there were no taxis left there was no buses coming down that road at all and there was just Two, I think, if I remember right, there were two coach buses that hadn't left and they were just kind of sitting there in the car park just doing their last kind of bits and pieces before they left too. And we kind of looked at each other and went, well, if we don't want to walk for the next three or four hours to get back or pay for a taxi to come all the way from town to pick us up and go all the way back again then I think we're going to have to have a chat to these coach drivers and see if we can hitch a lift with them. And so that's exactly what we did. We went up and we said, excuse me, we're really sorry, but we're kind of stranded here. Do you think you could give us, are you going back through Jerez? And they said, yep. And we said, do you think you could give us a lift? And they had a bit of a chat and decided that yes. So we joined this bus tour full of older Spanish people. Craig sat with an older guy and I sat with an older woman. And uh, soon after the bus started its journey, everyone started to sing and it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it was not a tour experience like any I've had before. They, Yeah, the, the tour leader kind of led them in, in folk songs for half of the time and then uh, 
talked about her family life as well as the local scenery for the rest of it. It was pretty fantastic. And it turned out they weren't going back into town. They weren't going back to Jerez, but they were going past it. So they dropped us at the end of a road. And luckily, the end of the road was where was up through the vineyards. So like, well, we've walked out here to the vineyards before and, and walked around. So we know it's an hour back. So let's go to which vineyard for lunch? <laughs> oh, it was cider season as well, mosto season, remember? Yeah. And so we went to this restaurant. It was called a mosto as well. And they had these wonderful platters of food. And of course, we had the cider as well. And it turned out just to be one of these amazing experiences. It was a disaster in terms of transport. You know, we hadn't planned. We hadn't looked into public transport enough. But it turned out to be one of our favorite stories. Mm, definitely. Oh, man, we've we've had a few disasters over the years, <laughs> haven't we? We sure have. Uh, none, none of them truly disastrous. There was no loss of life or limb. But, you know, I've, I've jumped off a train and had something fall out of my bag onto the the, the oh, ground below. Right, yeah. And most recently, I remember I had a pair of flip-flops, my jandals stuck in the side of my bag. And as I jumped off the train, I just heard this gudunk behind me. And I look down and there's one one flip-flop just sitting down beside the train tracks. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I think traveling by public transport is an experience in itself, right? And it can be actually designed that way. For example, in Melbourne, they have the City Circle Tram, which is free, and it goes in a kind of a square around the city. It has like informational broadcasts as you stop in each place. So I might say, on your left, we're coming up to the Old Melbourne Jail. And it's really cool. And also in Melbourne, whenever we go on a train, it's just a regular train, but my my young nephew, Henry, loves traveling by train. So any kind of trip on a train is an experience for him. And when you're traveling with a six-year-old, I think that, you know, you end up having a good time as well. Yeah, uh, small children are often good ways into conversations. I think that one of the things about traveling on public transport is that you tend to be more in touch with locals than you would be if you're traveling by private car. You know, it's it's neat to spark up little conversations, and this depends on which country you're traveling in and your own personal communication preferences. I'm normally quite happy to uh, to sit there while Linda has conversations with people. <laughs> but sometimes you just spark up a conversation or even just getting an idea of how local people live. I remember when we arrived in Sao Paulo, it was rush hour, so it was like six o'clock, and we had to navigate the metro with our big bags to get to our couch surfing host house, and it was it was an hour of crush. So oh, we, absolutely. We arrived and we were just crushed onto the platform and they had like platform guards putting people into little enclosures. So if you were put into the enclosure, you could get on the next train, right? So you had to kind of fight your way into this little enclosure and then get on. And it was it was really interesting because we'd never had that kind of experience before. And I know that it's similar in Japan, that there are so many people trying to use the public transport that using it at that time of day is kind of interesting. I think it does put you in touch a little bit more with yeah, who people are and, and what people are doing and, and gives you a bit of insight into what's going on. Yeah, also you might be entertained by buskers. A lot of public transport around the world, there are buskers. I remember when we were on a bus in Medellin, we were coming up from the train station up to our hostel and a busker got on and, and sang a little bit all over the place and um, in London and Buenos Aires, we've had that as well. Yeah, but what surprised me was like in, in London, for example, you might get buskers in the train stations mm-hmm but not on the trains itself. And what surprised me so much about a lot of South and Central America were performers actually 
just jumping on at a station and traveling with the train for a station or two, playing an instrument, singing a song, reciting some poetry, uh-huh. sometimes going off on a political rant, and then just hopping off again. Yeah. I also really like it when they offer you food or drink or something. So when we were in Panama, we quite often bought some food, some snacks. We got like some little bananas and things like that, maybe some drinks. Or sometimes they're selling other products maybe to, to raise money. So I, once I saw a man buy a mirror on the sub in Buenos Aires and I bought some tissues and, you know, things like that. Now, a quick word on safety in public transport. Uh, sure, there might be some criminals around who are out to pickpocket, take a bag, rip you off. So do keep a close eye on your belongings and pay attention to anything that's out of the ordinary going on. But, you know, most people traveling by public transport are just going about their lives, same as you, getting to and from work, going to visit friends, heading out. So you don't need to be paranoid, but do be aware. Now, I would say that we don't always travel by public transport. Like I said before, from here, we can't. It's just impossible. So we mix it up a bit. We use Uber. We do tend to avoid taxis if we can because they seem a little bit impersonal. But we've had some good experiences with taxis as well. Um, We've tried ride sharing. But yeah, I definitely think that public transport is an important part of the mix. Absolutely. On your next trip, try and uh, see if there's an opportunity to make a connection by public transport. You never know what it'll be like. Yeah, and let us know how it goes. Mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or check out the show notes at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This episode is sponsored by 23andMe.com, a genetic service that provides you with DNA reports about where your DNA comes from around the world. Your ancestry composition results can give you a reason to explore parts of the world you may not have previously thought about and can help bring a deeper, more personal connection to those places. Travelling based on your DNA is a reason to go beyond sightseeing and instead dive into the local culture, because that local culture is part of who you are and helps you learn more about yourself. With 23andMe.com, you can win a trip to the places that show up in your ancestry composition results, and that is super exciting. To enter the sweepstakes, visit 23andMe.com. That's the number 23andme.com. No purchases necessary. It's open to legal residents of the US who are 18 or older, and the competition ends on August the 3rd, 2017. You must complete the 23andMe service. Visit 23andMe.com slash rules for free entry. If only we were residents of the States, this would be a competition I would jump on in a heartbeat. Definitely. If you are a legal US resident, you should definitely go there straight away and enter. So cool. Well, what's happening for us for the next few weeks? Well, we're still in this small village Nesto Market, so we will continue to hang out with the dogs and the tortoises. It was quite funny. There was just a knock on the door before we recorded this podcast, and it was a, a local guy who wanted to sell us tickets to the barn dance. He's like, oh, I was hoping to see you earlier today, but you'd gone by the time I thought of it. And yeah, I wanted to see if you'd like to go to the barn dance next Saturday. He yeah. wasn't asking us out for a date, just to <laughs> clarify. He wanted to sell us tickets. But yeah, we aren't going to be going to the barn dance, unfortunately, but you know, <laughs> we'll go to other things. Linda just had her trip away to France. I'm planning a trip up to Scotland to see some of my family and check out some of my genetic history up there as well. So awesome. that will be cool. More news on that as it comes together, but that'll be happening in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're just kind of making plans for the for the autumn time and yeah, beginning to shape up the year. Yeah. Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.